0: What up, what up? It's Shot Callers back in the building one more time. Uh, We are here on MLK Day. Um, Great, uh, just a uh, wonderful day of NBA action today. Uh, We've all been watching games kind of all day, still watching games going on. Mm -hmm. Uh, Let me do some introductions. My man, actually to my left, producer Tim, what's going on, my brother?
1: What's up, man? Happy MLK Day, one of the best days of the NBA calendar year. So excited to be here to talk a little shop with you guys and talk a little hoops and everything going on in this crazy NBA world. So a lot of fun games today. How about those young New York Knicks?
0: Man, I tell you what, we're going to get into them a little bit later on in the show. Uh, What an exciting, fun team to watch. Who would have thought we'd have been saying that about New York basketball? But, you know, with it it not being Brooklyn, of
1: course. Yeah.
0: (laughs) (laughs) no doubt and the man underneath me here on the bottom my man my ace buku my number one joshua odellus forellus montellus over hayes what's going on my brother
2: hey just happy to be here on this uh beautiful holiday that we have man and, you know, anytime we get to get together and talk basketball, it's always a fun go at it. So, you know, I'm ready to get started.
0: Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. So we're, we're going to kick off the show. Um, and I know you guys are going to say this. Ah, he's a Pacer guy. He's going to kick off the show with Pacer News. But this is kind of important, you know what I mean, to me as far as uh, that big trade that went down last week. Um, in that trade, the Pacers received Karis Levert. Um, but we found out that during his physical that he had a mass on his kidney. Um, you know, we don't know how long that's going to be. We don't know what the mass is. I don't think they've had done anything, um, yet they haven't came out and said that it was anything yet. Um, but you know, for a Pacer fan, uh, and for NBA fans, uh, in general, you always get concerned when you see something like that, um, on anybody or any player, um, and especially one is at its had the careers of Levert, who's he kind of came out of nowhere. He's made his name uh, in New Jersey, playing really well. He's going to get a fresh start there in Indiana. He's gonna, probably going to be, if not the guy, you know, with Brogdon and Sabonis, he's going to be a part of that big three uh, and, and kind of really get his shine, almost kind of like Oladipo did when he came in as a Pacer. Everybody knew he was a good player. He came to Indiana, became an all-star. And we were seeing that for Levert, but to see this um, minor setback uh, for him is really kind of concerning. Um, just to get your all's kind of thoughts on it and, and um, you know, what do, what do you guys think when you see something like this? It's, it's you know, it, it's, not, it's not an easy thing. It's not something that, you know, the NBA or anybody else takes lightly. Uh, but we, you know, we all hope that uh, Karis Levert is, is going to come through this and be okay. Tim, what's your thoughts?
1: um well first there's two things um one I want to say like how um thank god there was a trade you know because if it wasn't a trade there's no physical we don't find out about this until maybe you know in a situation where it's you know not good um so absolutely yeah I you know Levert's such a talented guy we've seen him come back from a brutal injury on his leg in the same season so this is um you know, I feel like this, like you said, Ben, it's a minor setback for a major comeback. Um, I do agree. I think when he goes to Indiana, he will be the guy. He'll kind of be, um, you know, the skill set guy. You know, he's been there with D'Angelo Russell, kind of becoming that second guy under his tutelage, And then obviously last year with Kyrie Irving. And, you know, anytime you heard Durant talk about the Nets when he wasn't playing, he raved about him. So mm-hmm. obviously there's a lot to be excited about the Karis LeVert's game. And we're really starting to see him kind of tap that potential. So, yeah, minor setback to a major comeback, like I said. The other thing that is actually cool about this trade is on draft night of Karis LeVert's NBA draft, he was picked by the Pacers and traded to the Nets for Thad Young. So he gets to come back to the team that picked him um, and really kind of, like, fulfill out that – it's almost like if Scottie Pippen ended up playing for the Sonics, is what this yeah, kind of exactly. feels like. So <laughs> it's cool, man. Like I'm excited that he's gonna be able to play for the Pacers. You know, we had Mark Schindler on last week with you yeah. guys, and we talked a ton about the Pacers, obviously before we knew this trade was happening, where um, they were gonna be involved. But I've been a big Levert guy for a long time. He's Team Jordan, so he's that's yes, that's he is. that's that's good enough in my book for any guy. You know, if you're team jump man, I'm gonna support you. Um so, yeah, I'm down for it, man. I'm excited to see what he does and cannot wait till he's back on the court for this team that's already flowing very well.
0: Yep, absolutely. Uh, Joshua Odellis,
2: your thoughts? Um, well, I think Tim pretty much said almost everything that you could say. My bad. Uh, no, no, no. That's, that's, a, that's a good thing. That's a good thing. Um, you know, it's really weird because I got my first taste of Karis LeVert um, watching Michigan make that run in the tournament. Mm-hmm. Um, I want say he was a freshman that year. And uh, I was like, man, this kid's got the potential to be really good. And uh, he didn't play much uh, the year that Louisville went to the national championship and they played Michigan. Um, but the, literally the next year, like he just came out of his shell. And from there he balled out. And I was shocked that he stayed all four years I thought that he could have came out a year early maybe and, and been a, a draft pick and, and had an, an extra year in the NBA but he stayed I think he um, kind of rose his, uh, his his draft stock a little bit and um, you guys know that I've been the one that's been allocating and advocating for the the trade to happen and it's funny that James actually ended up in Brooklyn because I was like send James to Brooklyn," but. I, I didn't want to do it. I didn't want to do it with the expense of Karis Levert leaving. Yeah. And, um, you know, watching Brooklyn play early in the season, and you know, I watched them move Karis Levert into the starting lineup. Or I'm sorry, they moved him to the bench so that he could run with the second team. They put Dinwiddie in the starting lineup and it just seemed like it worked. And um, they just had all this firepower. I was like, man, this team's gonna be really, really good. And then, you know, they make the trade, they 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 make the trade for Harden. And Ben, like you were saying, we were talking last, last week just on our pod and we were asking about Oladipo and we were like, oh, we think he's going to stay. You know, yeah. we're going to sign long-term. And literally it was like the next day or the day after like the trade happened and we were like, holy crap. Yeah. Like, if yeah. you want me to quote your text message.
0: <laughs> yeah. And, I, and
2: I'm texting Mark.
0: And I'm like, what the heck man he's like hey, he's like I can't he's like, I can't predict the future he's like I, I don't know I'm like yeah I I, get it. I I know I understand but
2: um I understand you know first and foremost we all love we all love the game of basketball because of the entertainment um I think the NBA as a whole I think their league it, it 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 pulls everybody in from all over the world and um I think we're all in the sense of this like when we went into the bubble last year it was all about player safety for them to be able to play the game and like you said Tim I think this trade actually was kind of a blessing in disguise because if the trade doesn't happen, he doesn't get the physical, they don't find it. And then you never know. And you know what, let's all pray that it's nothing. Let's all pray that it's not, not a big deal. And he's mm-hmm. back soon and he's playing with the Pacers and um, everything is good to go. But um, like I said, it's definitely, it's definitely a good thing that it happens, so we can potentially find out and that young man can stay healthy. But yeah. Um, Ben, with you being a Pacers fan, um, I want to know, man, I I was going to ask Mark this question last week and I didn't, how, how does any, how do they, they literally just give guys away and they bring guys in and they still are relevant every single year. They are on the grind, man. They are always in the mix of things. They're always in the middle of the pack trying to fight and scratch and claw. And, you know, we always say, man, basketball was born in Indiana. And if you see the, the Pacers slogan, it it's just it, it, everything they do just makes sense. Yeah. Why is
0: that? Um I I think a lot of it is um they have no qualms of knowing who they are as a basketball franchise. Um they know their small market, they know their um, you know, they know they have to have certain guys at certain levels. Um you know, the Mal- Malcolm Brogdon um signing was a big signing for them because usually they don't go out and get huge free agents like that. Um, So to bring him in, um, I think the development of Sabonis and, and, um, and Miles Turner, both um, have been something that's helped them a lot. So they haven't had to go out and per se recruit guys. They've had guys that they've been able to build in their own culture in their own way. Um, Levert is, is just Oladipo just three years younger with less money, you know, with less money owed and more years on his contract. So um, I think they just have an idea of what they want and they go out and get what they want and they don't get caught up in, um, you know, the other kind, types of things. I think they're more about culture than they all are about um, trying to sign big free agents and make big money deals and things like that. So I think a lot of the times that that has a lot to do with it.
1: So, before we go to the next topic, I know we're getting ready to close this one out. I have mm-hmm. a really fun for trivia question for you guys. Oh, gosh. All right. So, he's one of four guys in Michigan basketball history to have a triple-double while they were at Michigan. Can you name the school that he had a triple-double against? Uh, Indiana. No.
0: Um, it's probably somebody crazy like Kentucky or something like that. Uh, Marquette. Or Louisville.
1: Northern Kentucky University.
0: <laughs> no way.
1: Yeah. Uh, wow. Because last year there they beat NKU at in Michigan seventy-seven to sixty-two. He wow. had a thirteen ten and ten triple double.
0: Wow. And those of you all that are listening, um, we are from the Northern Kentucky Cincinnati area. So when you bring up NKU, we're like, oh man, like like that's that's homegrown right there. So pretty cool stuff. That's that's
2: wow. That's you know legit. crazy. You know what's crazy to me is that. um you don't see it at the time, but you know, he was at, he was there when Trey Burke was there. Yeah. And, um, you know, Trey Burke was the guy at Michigan Tim Hardaway
1: jr. And yep. know, Tim
2: Hardaway jr. And I, I would like to say, I know he's only been in the league three years, but like, he's already progressed to be a better NBA player than what Trey Burke is ever. Oh, for be. sure.
1: Yeah. Um, and for he's,
2: sure. he's on the lines and probably a little bit even better than Hardaway Jr. I mean, it's, I'm not going to say he is better because there's things that Hardaway Jr. does very well, but it's just crazy to see those guys when they're tucked away and you don't get to see their talents until they're like out in the open and they get to play freely. Um, so that's kind of cool to see as well too.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and, and speaking of that, that trade, um, Boys, let's talk James Harden. I I know that's y'all's favorite subject.
1: Insert eye roll emoji here.
0: (laughs) I know that's y'all's favorite subject, Brooklyn Nets. Um, But just really quick, I want to bring up James Harden played his first game the other night. He's playing his second one tonight with Brooklyn. Uh, His first game, he had a triple-double. And and Brooklyn, I believe they won that game uh, behind Durant's, what, 42? I think I had 42, 44, somewhere in there. Something, something ridiculous. I mean, it was, it was crazy, but uh, it, it looked like James Harden fit pretty well. I mean, he's played with Kevin Durant before. Um, it looked like he was, uh, looked like he was his old stuff. I mean, figuratively looked like his old stuff because he had shed twenty pounds somewhere in between.
1: A couple hours. Houston-
0: Houston and Brooklyn. I don't know. I don't know where he lost that weight. He took the man, train wore his body suit. All right. I was going to say, I think my man Josh Hayes put it best is, is that he kind of unzipped the bodysuit, dropped it down. He's like, ha!
2: I got you, Houston. I'm not as big as I was. He, he, had, that, he had that Martin Lawrence big mama suit on.
0: He did. <laughs> he did. He did. He had us all fooled. He had us all fooled. Um, but, yeah, I mean, James Harden comes out, and he looks like James Harden. Um you know, he had a triple-double. Kevin Durant is unbelievable. Um, you know, the big question here is, is how, how far does this train go um, with these two? And on top of that, and I know that I, I did not want to bring this man's name up, but we kind of have to, Kyrie Irving. Um, I, I, I want to keep my personal bias to myself, um, but he is a big part of what they do. He is going to be a big part of what they do and how he fits into that. But you're seeing now, I mean, they're they're playing pretty well. Um, Durant um, is playing at his MVP level type self. You bring in Harden, you're going to have Kyrie Irving. Uh, We got a first look at that. We're not going to see Kyrie. They're saying maybe Wednesday. I'm not sure. Uh, Truth be told, I I don't really care. But um, what do we think about this new look Nets team? Uh, You give a guy like Paris LaVert away. Uh, you trade him away. You got Dinwiddie, who's hurt. You got Kyrie, who's out. So you're really leaning heavily on Durant and now Harden. Uh, what are your all thoughts on this new look Nets team uh, and, and what it's going to look like uh,
2: possibly when Kyrie returns? Um, Tim, I'll let you take this one first.
1: Gladly. <laughs> first things first. Look, let's just call it what it is. If these guys click and they play well, they're the best team in the east you know like if they you know they all all three buy in and their support their support you know joe harris is obviously an awesome fourth option i mean any guy who can just catch and shoot the way he does come off screens like that's a great great thing for them to have um i think they're going to be able to win a lot of games so don't take what i'm about to say as like a you know disrespecting them by any means but we just saw all these, like, highlights of, like, well, James Harden's first game, he had a 30-point triple-double with the Nets, and they beat the Magic. I'm like, can they beat the Magic in overtime? I understand every NBA team is like has good players, but, like, really, guys?
0: That's the Magic.
1: James Harden shot 8 of 18 from the floor. He was 3 of 10 from 3 in that game. If Russell Westford puts up that triple-double with those stats, people are tearing him apart. hmm Like typical Russ, he just is out for him and the baddest stats and to make things happen. You know, it's like, okay, but James Harden does it with the Nets and it's cool now. Whatever. Um, (laughs) So, look, this is the ultimate, like, Miami Heat Big 3-esque team. This is a very top-heavy team with three excellent, talented players, and then there's a big drop-off from 4th through thirteen. That's not to say I don't think they can win a title, But I don't think that they're as spread out in talent as, like, you know, obviously the Lakers. I think the Lakers are the most talented roster in the NBA. One through 15, they all have guys that can do something. I think the Clippers are great, you know, as far as their roster. Obviously the Bucs. So that top four, including Brooklyn, I like all those four teams. I like their roster setup. I like the talent they have. But when it comes to those, like, I worry about Brooklyn in the case of, like, look, let's call it what it is. Let's say Kyrie gets hurt again. I think they're just fine with James Harden and Kevin Durant. Mm Mm-hmm what happens when Kevin Durant gets hurt? It's Houston yeah. all over again. You know, yeah. it's like, I can't say that for Kevin Durant. Was it Seattle all over again at that point for Kevin Durant? Like that yeah. one year he played there. But mm-hmm. it's just, I feel like, you know, I just don't feel like they're deep enough. I do think that they could definitely win the East, but, you know, it comes to a situation, like when they play these big time teams. So like right now they're playing Milwaukee and they're playing very well. And they're, you know, they're winning, they're effective, but it's like, okay, during the playoffs, when you have Kevin Durant guarding Giannis, mm-hmm. can you trust DeAndre Jordan to play defense when like he got a DNP coach's decision not too long ago? Like last yeah. week. Okay, let's say they win that series. Let's say they play the Clippers in the finals. Kevin Durant's for sure guarding Kawhi Leonard. What if Paul George is going nuts the way he is right now? Like mm-hmm. you're gonna have James Harden and Kyrie Irving like bracket their defense on him? And, of course, the obvious is like, okay, he's going to have to guard LeBron or Anthony Davis in the finals. It's DeAndre Jordan guarding the other. So, will they be able to score and put up, like, 118, 125 and night? Absolutely. Will they probably be able to stop teams for the most part? Yes. But in a seven-game set against those three teams, I definitely think they can win those series. So, don't take it that I think that they're just, like, dead in the water. Mm-hmm. But I don't know if I trust them when it comes to one through nine. Like, even the playoffs, I understand you shorten your bench, but, like, you see seen the That's Lakers – you see it's the Lakers totally finishing their bench, right?
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yep,
2: absolutely. Uh, Odellis. All right, so I agree with everything you say, Tim, and it makes sense. And um, with that, you got to remember this is game two, right? Totally fair. Um, they also do not have Kyrie on the floor with them, who's supposedly by all. Um, avenues that's spoken to him says he has bought in to James Harden being on the team. Now, whether I believe that or not, I got to see it on the floor because okay. you know, all of these guys average close to 20 shots a game. Mm-hmm. Harden, Harden averages probably 30 shots a game. Um, <laughs> but I think I looked earlier today, I think KD sitting around 18 and a half shots a game. Kyrie's at 20. Um, I think James is sitting at like 22, 23. So, I mean, that's, you're talking, that's 60, you know, 60 something shots a game out of three players. Can you make the offense work that those guys can get their shots off?
1: Not to mention Joe Harris. And
2: still still allow guys like Harris and Green to be able to get their shots off. Um, But um, I don't know if you guys, I know you guys saw it. I had sent you an article about this team specifically and the Nets have three open roster spots. And I don't know their cap space situation right now. Um, I'm sure they're probably going to be in luxury tax uh, hell here soon. Uh, with mm. picking up James Harden. And I know they probably didn't even move enough money wise to make that even work, but the three roster spots is a big deal, Ben. And I know one of the things you want to talk about later is probably going to even add into this um, when we get to the topic, but, there's still a chance that they can go and just get guys strictly to play defense, um, to kind of fill this roster out. They got way more than enough firepower on offense to play with any team in the NBA. They don't need to have any more offense. They need no other person to come in. They literally can run the offense through those three guys and Joe Harris and and green and be completely fine. And if they have guys they can plug in that can help on defense, I think they're going to be fine. Um, you guys know I'm a big fan of Chris Broussard and how he kind of talks about the NBA. And, and one of the things he said that I totally agreed with, I don't think this is the year that they win the, the, the championship because this team is built, just like you said, a lot of like that Miami Heat team was when they first got together. We saw them get to the finals. Mm-hmm. They lost to a team, um, a very te- a team that had a really good chemistry with Ben's favorite player, J.J. Barrett. <laughs> I knew it was coming. <laughs> <laughs> how did I know how do I know that that mo get brought up? I know, yeah, but I will say this if they don't win it next year or this year, I am going to say they are going to come into next year as the favorites to win it all. I agree. Um, but if KD keeps up what he's doing and Harden fits in and Kyrie comes back and he does what he does, it's good. <laughs> I don't know if we've ever seen a team that's had the amount of firepower on offense that this team has and the efficiency that they have with Kyrie, just Kyrie right now. And KD, we know James is going to give us, you know, he's going to jack up a lot of threes. He's going to turn the ball over. He's going to get his numbers. Um, but he makes big shots. Um, he makes some hard shots and his, his, his actually true shooting percentage is a lot higher than what people would give it credit for based off of the amount of threes that he makes, you know, and the amount of, um, he doesn't shoot the two bad, but he he definitely doesn't shoot the three well, but he, like his point percentage, when you go in and look at it, 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 it's a lot higher than what people give credit for. And that's why, you know, when the analytics come in and you see him shooting all these threes, there's kind of a rhyme and reason behind it. So, um, you know, Deandre Jordan could kind of be that guy that if they can get him to play back to the Deandre Jordan with the Clippers, you know, this is a whole different ball game too. But I I look at them to be, Josh, that guy
1: had knees with the Clippers.
2: <laughs> I mean he's playing well right now. Um they gave up so much in that trade, man.
1: So much. So I'm looking at their yeah. contract sheet right now on spot track. So James Harden this year, 41,254,920. Kevin, Kevin Durant, 40 million one hundred and eight thousand nine fifty. Kyrie Irving 33, 460 350. Next from those three. Joe Harris at 16 million. Spencer Dinway is collecting 11 and a half on the bench obviously with his injury. DeAndre Jordan, 10 million. And then after that, Landry Shamet, 2 million. Ooh. TLC, 1,800,000. And Bruce Brown, 1,600,000. Jeff Green, 1,600,000. Tyler Johnson, 1,600,000. Nick Claxton, 1,500,000. They're two way guys. You know, that's a set contract. You have Reggie Perry on a two way? What? He needs to be on their team. And they got dead cap right now because of Wilson Chandler for one point eight. So money's a worry. They do have roster spots for sure. A- um but like
2: <laughs> barely maybe
1: they might have to bring back some of those guys they brought, the skeleton nets they brought into the bubble. Maybe Jamal Crawford's back with this team in a couple weeks. I don't yeah. know. Yeah. Like I am not against the idea of them putting IT four on their bench just to see yeah. if he can like give them a little bit of a spark because they're gonna need bench scoring. So we'll see. I've
0: heard I had heard the name Kenneth Farid as well, possibly. Oh, I like that a
1: lot. I like that also, a lot.
0: The manimal. So, um, that's, that's a name. Uh, he was playing overseas last time I had seen.
1: He's 30.
0: Yeah. He was playing overseas. I mean, he, I, I'd, I'd heard that name bounced around a little bit. So,
1: he's 30. He needs yeah. to be in the league.
2: He does need to be in the league. He ben does need I, to be in LA. Men and I go way back with Fareed. Man, you know we had that first round matchup with the yeah,
0: Baby, mm-hmm.
2: he kind of upset us. <laughs>
0: I'll never forget that,
2: man. what <laughs> And he killed it that game. Yeah, he did.
0: Yeah,
1: he was he a awesome. absolutely
2: did. <laughs> so real, like everybody's, everybody's all like, and you know I'm a Louisville guy, so you know they're all like, oh, you know look at my man. You know he went from the Clippers to the Lakers, and he's he's the guy. You know he gives him the spark off the bench. Like Fareed was that guy first. Like he, yeah, he was and he was more productive like when it comes to like just defense. And, and I mean, he, he was that guy. So we'll see what happens.
0: Yeah. Hopefully they, hopefully he finds his way back into the league. That would be nice. Um, so yeah, so we were talking about that and we just brought that up, um, with the, uh, you know, pandemic going on and and COVID-19, we've seen some more postponements and cancellations, uh, on the NBA schedule. Um, I know we brought this up with Mark uh, last week, but also wanted to bring it up with you guys again, really quick, just talking about the possibility of, of expanding the rosters. Um, I know that they're talking about that more and more um, as far as trying to uh, give guys more opportunities, not only more opportunities, but give teams more roster spots in order to be able to complete games um, um, in, the, in this uh, COVID-19 era. Um, I, I mean, I, I like the idea. I think that there has to be a little bit more done as far as uh, um, how their, their protocols. I know that they've, they've done some more. Now they're relying on all the guys to keep their mask on, uh, on the bench. Mm-hmm. Um, you can't attend certain events. You can't do certain things. Um, and you've already seen guys, you know, like a George Hill already came out and said, you know, I'm a grown man. I'll, you know, and, and we get this, George. We he understand. He looks bad you. there. He looks yeah, bad. He does, and, and that's what I, I mean. We, we get this, George. You know, you, we know you're a grown man. You're going to do what you want to do, but we're also trying to uh, player safety, people safety, um, and I, I think that it's something that has to be discussed and addressed. Uh, you're all. What do you all think about? Uh, I, I don't even know how many how many spots do you add? What do you want so- to
2: do? So Ben, as you were as you were saying that um, you know to start the season, I believe they they um, made the rosters at fifteen mm-hmm. for the COVID, um, you know this pandemic season coming up, and you know this this actually is is another a testament of how great the NBA and Adam Silver was with the creation of the bubble. Because not saying that I want the season to go to the bubble, but I'm saying like that the way that they handled the bubble to have nobody test positive with the protocol and the rules that they had in place. You know, you try to, you try to take what you learn there, add it into the season. But the problem is, is everybody's, they're, they're traveling, like they're just too spread out, man. And, mm-hmm. and like, you don't know where, you don't know where people were, you know, contacted COVID from, you don't know where they're getting it from. You don't know if it's from, you know, a family member that got it from somebody else that got it from, like you just don't know. So, mm-hmm. um, I'm hearing, I'm hearing reading that they're looking at expanding the rosters to 18. So it gives you three more spots. You need a minimum of eight to play. I mean, you look at the situation that's going on with the Wizards. I think they have like eight or nine players that are out due to COVID right now. Yeah.
1: They had their seventh positive today.
2: My Lord. Um, Which is going to take a hit on my fantasy team, by the way, not being able to build. But uh, I I don't know how to combat this and try to keep the season as normal as possible. Um, I feel like they have all the protocols in place. They have all the safety measures in place, but the only way that it's going to work is like people actually have to comply. So 18 roster spots. um, If you got eight guys out, that still gives you 10. I mean, it's, it sounds, it sounds like it could work. I guess at that point, where are you pulling guys from? Are you pulling them from the G league? Um, Yeah are you bringing in free agents, you know, are you giving more guys two? what, I, I don't, I don't know how it would work. So I guess we'd have to get more into it before they'd actually decide to do it to see kind of how the, 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 uh, the dynamic of it would be, but. Yeah. I, yeah. I, yeah. Good.
1: Yeah. I think first off um, one of the things, you know, cause the point of the two league, the two way contract is you spend the same amount of days in the NBA as you do the G league. So like for those G league guys, I mean, those two league guys, like, I think they just gotta be on rosters this year. Like, I agree uh if it's a situation where like hey you know play with the nba until the g-league showcase starts that's fine with me mm-hmm. like um because you know they're gonna do the orlando bubble for the g-league this year yeah um you know obviously i know some guys playing in the g-league right now um some guys who could, you know i've got covered in college basketball for a few years or i've ever playing in the g-league so they're gonna be there um so that's you know that's cool like i get i'm happy for that um but yeah i, I totally agree with josh like you know where is the talent pool coming from in that circumstance like are we signing Michael Beasley and Lance Stevenson at this point? Like, just because you need guys on your roster? You know, like, oh, okay. Like, um, you know, obviously, I'm more than going to say, like, some team should have Trayvon it on their team. That's probably a little biased, but, like, the guy's a straight shooter. And, you know, I don't know if you yeah. know, but the point of the NBA is to score buckets. It sure so, is. You know, Absolutely. if you have him on your bench, that'd be huge. <laughs> I think Utah has him right now, actually. Yeah. Um, But, I am all for like expanding the rosters just because it's such a tough year. And I think like, it should have been to that point obviously a while ago, but when this happened to, you know, when cat tested positive cat of Mm -hmm. all people who has like the hard, the hardest struggle of Mm -hmm. any professional athlete with COVID, he's lost seven family members to it. Yeah, He tests positive. God, I hope he's healthy soon because if anyone deserves to be healthy and in a good situation, it's him. I agree. Um, you know like that should have been like the like okay we we need to make this better we need to make this easier because like cat has been like very pro like fighting COVID forever mm-hmm. I mean, since, since it's been out he's been out there you know like when his mom was co- even before his mom passed he was like you know going out and like doing videos of like hey my mom came up with this like this we need to you know work on this um you know, and then he tests positive, which is, like, the worst player to possibly test positive. You know, obviously, mm-hmm. no one – no, we want no one to get it. But, like, everything that that guy's gone through with this virus, like, it just kills him. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, I think that was kind of the point of, like, okay, we need to do something like this. And John Moran was the one that tweeted out, uh, expand the rosters now so we can play. Yeah. Because you know, it was his first game back when they, when they postponed that Wizards – when that was the yeah. uh, Wolves game. So – and, Josh, you mentioned the Wizards earlier. I made a tweet today because every day, you know, if you have Shams and Woj on your push notifications on Twitter, mm-hmm. it's uh, the Wizards are postponed. The Wiz- I said, at this point, can we just get something when the Wizards are playing? All right. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like...
0: Yeah, that would be a lot easier. You know what I mean? Just like, okay, hey, guess what? The Wizards are playing. You're like, yes, that's what I need. That's exactly what I need.
1: Also, before we switch again, I'm sorry to keep taking this. Um, no, you're good. Russell Westbrook wanted to leave the Rockets because he didn't feel the Rockets were handling COVID well. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Well, that was one of the reasons he wanted to leave.
2: Yeah, I'm but, sure. That, yeah, that and, that and Harden's partying. Yes. <laughs> uh, yeah. All right, Westbrook. Yeah. Yeah. I- <laughs> But we find okay. Find out that he's the one. Until we find out he's the one that actually was the one that caused the outbreak. Right, you know
0: what I mean. He caused the outbreak. But I hope not. But uh, I, I, hope yeah, I hope not. I hope not. <laughs> um, really quick, uh, just moving on from that. I, I, I do think that uh, expanding the rosters will do well. Uh, I I hope that they are able to to make uh, make a change to that, and especially just for this season. Knowing the struggles the teams are facing and and knowing the struggles that these uh, coaches and the rosters are are taking a hit, I hope that they're able to do that and expand those. So um, on to the next topic, Memphis Grizzlies in the building, winners of five in a row, the wonderful, amazing talent that John Moran has returned. Um, only after 18 days of they said three to five weeks he returned in 18 days
1: he's a freak Um,
0: he is a freak um they they won again today um that's five wins in a row for them uh guys are you buying or are you selling the memphis grizzlies i'm all in no there it is there
1: it is all right, man. There it is. It's time that we look back at these last couple of years when the Memphis Grizzlies have not been like uh-huh. grind the grinders, or uh-huh. they have been like kicking people's asses and they've just like been really struggling for a few years, like since that yep. Zach Randolph crew left. Yep. They have drafted extremely well. Um, and you're seeing like Taylor Jenkins is a really good coach. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know, obviously John Moran, Jaron Jackson Jr. They're the easy ones that people can be yeah. like, Oh, yeah, they drafted those guys, but Brandon Clark, who we knew was struggling quite a bit at the beginning of the year, he's coming around. Um, you know, this year they got Desmond Bain. I love Desmond Bain. Loved him in college. He's been a huge one. They got freaking. Um, this is a kid from Michigan State. I'm forgetting forgetting his name at the moment. They got him in the second round this yeah. year. Um, I'm gonna look it up real quick, or it's gonna drive me crazy. <laughs> I know, I, I know his, his name's like on the tip of my tongue, and I know like people listening now are probably like, "Damn it, Tim." <laughs> he was also at Michigan State like 30 years. Xavier Tillman!
0: Tillman! Xavier Tillman. That's great to say, Tillman. Yeah. Yep. Yep.
1: So, like, they drafted him. Um, you know, they, they had this win streak without John Morant. He comes back and they beat an awesome Suns team today that we all love. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, with Chris Paul, Mikhail Bridges being great, Aiden, Devin Booker, obviously. Um, I think they're a playoff team, man. Like, I know i this is going to bite me in the ass to say this now when we get to no. the situation. But with I would love this to be like – so at some point the Pistons are going to start trading, guys. Um, I would love – and I said this to you guys the other day. I would love this to be the team that trades for Derrick Rose. I would love this to be the team that has him on their bench as a scorer who can give John Moran a little bit of a rest.
2: Tim, Tim not to cut you off, but does John not give you a little bit of that Derrick Rose? <laughs>
1: Dude, yes. Yes.
2: <laughs> hey, hold on. He hit, that lay- he hit that one layup today, I mean, against
0: uh, Aiton, where he hit it and contorted his body and kind yes. of flipped it up. I'm like that's that's Derrick Rose, that's MVP Derrick Rose. I mean, just freakishly being able to score around the basket around anybody.
1: Yeah, exactly. And like, look, Rose is like a seven million dollar contract, so it's not like you're like breaking the bank for him. Um, their backup point guard right now is Tyus Jones, and I like Tyus Jones; he's been really Mm -hmm. good. Um, but you know, like after that, it's like De'Anthony Melton who Mm -hmm. got a DNP today. Um, so maybe people disagree with me maybe memphis Christie's fans disagree maybe there's some memphis people out there still very bitter the fact that they wouldn't win the national title that year um and they don't want to see him back in memphis again but that's the team i feel like you would just excel with and kind of teach josh like hey man like i battled all these injuries with my knee problems like you know there were some things jaws done that i was very nervous about early like dunking and landing on one leg and things like that you're starting to see mm-hmm. him like take better care of that so uh, maybe Derrick Rose is a guy that could be like, I was a superstar, I was an MVP, and I'm going to teach you how to get to that level.
0: Yep, I, I like that. Joshua for us, are you buying or selling the Memphis Grizzlies?
2: So,
1: um... Uh, I don't
0: know. <laughs> That's a grown man, Grunt, right there. You?
2: Yeah. <laughs> I don't know.
1: Uh, the reason
2: I don't know is because um, if you look at their roster, and I know I'm not looking at you guys right now because I, I just want to double check and make sure that I know this for a fact. They are the either youngest or second youngest roster in the NBA.
1: Mm-hmm. I think they're
2: the second youngest. And they don't have Justice right now, and they don't have Jonas right now. Um, and I think Jonas will be back soon. I just think they got him out for, you know, just to be safe, to make sure that he doesn't have COVID.
1: Yeah, He's uh, also been really good too.
2: Yeah. He has. Um, I do think they can make a run at it. I don't know if they're ready. And that's my concern. And if Ja gets hurt, it really, 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 really puts a strain on it. Yeah, um, He's been hurt multiple times and they've been, you know, like nicked up injuries, you know, nothing like super, super, super serious. Um, But I just feel like their age factor plays a part into it. Um, It doesn't matter what sport you play, man. Just even watching the NFL playoffs over the weekend, like the playoffs are different. Like it's a different breed. It is Mm -hmm. so, so different. And then if the NBA decides to put those guys in the bubble again for the playoffs, Um, I just think it'd end up taking a toll on them. Um, I think some of the teams that have already been there kind of understand the struggle. They'll be more mentally prepared for it. I am not going to buy them yet. Okay. If we can come back maybe um, halfway through the season and, and re and take a go at it again, but I'm not buying them and I'm not buying them based off their age. The other team that's the only team that's younger than them is the Minnesota Timberwolves and they are not making the playoffs. Uh, (laughs) So I'm going to say age plays a part into them struggling to get in.
0: Okay. All right. I, I, I see both points. Uh, I like their roster, man. I like watching them today, just how they get up and down the floor and you add John Moran to that and and, um, his athleticism. Uh, I don't know if they're going to make the playoffs or not. I would like to see it, but boy, in the next you know, next year or two, man, they're going to be just lights out. They're going to be so much fun. And, and once you start to win, you know, they're going to start to make some moves um, and pro- possibly bring some veteran guys in there to be able to uh, do some things. So I, I'm looking forward. If they don't make it this year, I'm looking forward to seeing them in the next couple years.
2: Hey, why so, while I have this pulled up before we go, mm-hmm. just to let you guys hear this, because I know that we're going to talk about it. Do you know who the next youngest team is?
0: New York Knicks. New York Knicks.
2: Hey! Then it goes, there it is. Then it goes Charlotte, Denver, Boston, Cleveland. Okay.
0: All right. Hey, that's a good lead way. So now that we got him up, Tim Daniels brought up his love for the New York Knicks. Um, guys, easy. this is easy now. <laughs> easy now. He says he's a Knicks fan now. He said, forget the Bulls. I'm a Knicks
1: fan. My fiance, so get this. um, For my birthday this year, my fiance bought me Amage has, like, they made the all-time arena shirts. Mm -hmm. And she knew, like, because I worked the Garden last year in the Big East tournament, she got me a Madison Square Garden New York Knicks tee. It's, you know, the blue and orange and everything. I was like, Mm -hmm. I'm going to rock this. It's just cool. But it doesn't make me a Knicks fan. I've got Nets stuff, too. It doesn't mean I'm a fan. Right. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, the Knicks are, are five and five in the last 10, uh, but what we have just noticed about them, they've just got a fun roster. Uh, a bunch of guys, young guys that go out there and play hard. Uh, I've been thoroughly impressed by Randall. Now Randall has always been a guy that' I mean even when he was the Lakers, he was a, a, a double uh, you know he was a double um, gosh, double double machine. I mean he could uh, I mean he could rebound, he could score. Uh, but you're seeing a little bit more consistency out of him, uh, and the one that's that's really been uh, fun to watch this past is is RJ Barrett. Like his growth has been just phenomenal, man. I mean he's he's done some things this year that have been that have been really cool. I mean the Knicks aren't. I don't know if they'll make the playoffs. I doubt they'll make the playoffs, but man, what a fun roster. And, and those guys have been playing really well. Um, and and it's not like they've been getting blown out. They haven't been, you know. They haven't been, you know, just getting just killed in games. I mean, they've been competitive. They've been fun. They've been able to win games. Like I said, they're five and five in their last ten. Um, man, don't be talking about them Knicks. Don't be talking about them Knicks. Tim Daniel, you brought them up. What's 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 the deal? What do you like about the New York Knicks that you've seen in these last few weeks?
1: Um, uh, man, a lot, honestly. Um, you mentioned you mentioned R.J. Barrett. Right now, when I watch him play, um, just because his three point shot's not all there, and I think it's going to develop as he's like longer in the in the league, he's got a lot of like Demar Derozan in him right now. Which is your second year, if that's what you're like your light versus Demar Derozan like I'll take it. Yeah, exactly. I'll take it. Um, maybe he plays a little too many minutes for my liking, but that's that's the Tibbs way. Yeah um you know and it's a shame that like the garden doesn't have fans right now because they finally have a fun nick team that they can watch and enjoy they obviously got the greatest play-by-play and commentating team in the nba with mike (laughs) breen and well clive frazier yeah so you know you do get that on at home when you're not at the garden but we all know nick fans want to be in the garden oh no doubt you know it's just the talent that comes from so many different areas you know um alex derrickson who used to work with us he brought up the point that if julius randall right now is probably the leading candidate for most improved player he'll be the oldest player to get it since he to got his
0: oh wow
1: yeah um you know mitchell roms is a defensive force he's a rebounding machine he's a shot blocker um you know they don't need him to score a whole lot like last year when he led the league in field goal percentage yeah so there's a lot to be excited about you know emmanuel quickly has been wonderful for them like he's been better than they thought he would be you know they just got obi back and obi played a little bit today um you know played a little bit a little bit last night you know they just destroyed the celtics yes they which, did. you know i'm always gonna enjoy that <laughs> um but you know they're a young team they're up and coming they're putting things together so you said you don't think you're gonna make the playoffs and i think that's fair mm-hmm. uh, but when you look at the roster they have and, look, I know we're only 15 games in, so don't think I'm going crazy here, folks. We don't mm-hmm. even know the second-half schedule. Why can't the Knicks be in the play-in? Like, why can't they be one of those teams? Like, they're talented enough. Their yeah. roster's shut up nice enough. If they got to make a move, they have money and they have trade assets. So, yeah. Yeah. you know, why can't the Knicks be there? Um, I feel like, you know, that's something where people are kind of just like, well, you know, it's only going to last Knicks. a little while. Right. But, like, when you look at this roster, like, I definitely think they could be in that 7 through 10 range. Oh, yeah.
2: Well, Odellis? One, I'm gonna tell you guys why they're why they're not the youngest roster in the NBA because they, they Clear. clearly should be the youngest roster in the NBA until Thibs decided to sign Taj Gibson. <laughs> <laughs> remember I said in our fantasy
1: basketball chat yesterday,
2: 35 year old Taj, Gibson. 35 year old Taj Gibson. They have 10 guys on their roster that's under 25. Woo. And if you take Taj off the roster, they have nobody over 30. <laughs> That's crazy.
1: That's hilarious. That's
2: so w- one thing I'm going to talk about, there there's some guys on this roster that could be really good. And I, and I think people have to realize that um, I'm going to try to put this in perspective because you have Obi Toppin, who's a rookie, who's coming to the league, right? Mm-hmm. So
1: an old rookie too.
2: Yeah. So okay. we're all, we're all high on Obi. You know, we got to watch him play a lot at the university of Dayton and, um, you know, we get a lot of tournament games because they like to do the playing games at the University of Dayton. Um, he's got tons of highlights. I mean, unreal highlights of dunks, and and I mean, the guy was a walking bucket when he was at Dayton.
0: Mm-hmm. And
2: um, he's 22. They have guys on their roster that have been on the team. So uh, the first guy I'm going to say is Kevin Knox. This is his second year with the Knicks. He's only 21, or mm-hmm. third, he's only 21. Crazy. We see a lot of these guys um, develop what we would say late but by the time they're developing they're just in their early to mid20s and if you go back before everything was a one and done you know a lot of guys were coming in at 21 22 years old mm-hmm. taking a few years to get themselves going buddy and by the time, yeah, buddy, by, the time by the time they're superstars they're 25 26 years old. Yep. So, some of these guys are—we don't even realize—are kind of getting a head start to the NBA game because they went to college for a year. They're now in the league. They're getting NBA coaching, NBA training, um, and the next thing you know is they develop later on. You know, we're starting to see it with Jamal Murray. We're starting to see it with—I uh, mean, like you said, Quigley came in. We were like, "Whoa!" Like what? Or Maxi um, and Quigley. Both of those guys are from UK, but. Um, A lot of these UK guys come in super young. They only play their freshman year. They come in at 19 years old, and then you have to learn to develop. Like, you don't get the LeBron Jameses that come in all the time that are, like, ready to go at 18, and they're like, hey, I'm going to average, you know, 25, 26 points per game and come in and dominate the league. So they're super young. um, They're going to develop. I think that this is a team that if they can keep the roster together, that they are going to be a force to be reckoned with in the next year or two. We all laughed at the roster that the Knicks were putting together uh, when it first happened. And here they are, you know, competing with some of the top dogs in the East. Um, I do like RJ Barrett. He is my favorite player on the Knicks team. A lot of people don't realize that he was the higher recruit than Zion. He was the number one, yeah. Number one, yeah. And um, I still think he has more upside, just because of his size and his build and the position that he plays. Um, there might be a chance where them two are battling it out, and we finally get to see the full product if RJ Barrett can get that three-point shot to fall. But um, you're right, Tim Thibs. We we all know very well. Man, about- <laughs> With, with this you know starting to wonder if he's the reason Derek rose even got hurt playing all them dang minutes yeah um oh, yeah. Know, take those guys man and, and and use them and use them and use them and i think he's got enough young talent man he needs to see what he's got out there and just let them all play
1: i think too um to kind of piggyback and kind of continue the conversation that josh pointed before ben jumps in this has got to be an attractive like you know, obviously the last couple free agencies, because this free agency was supposed to be loaded, and then everyone signed extensions, mm-hmm. um, except for Kawhi. But I don't see Kawhi leaving the Clippers. Yeah. Um, you know, like when that big free agency class comes, like Josh if they keep this roster together. And they've got like they're playing this way, and they keep getting better and better for some big time free agent. In, like a couple years, you know, like Cats contracts coming up in like three years, I believe, two or three years. D'Angelo Russell, you know, guys like that, not mm-hmm. that signaling the Minnesota Timberwolves here by any means. Like that's kind of an attractive destination. It's the Garden. Yep. It's a good young core, you know, and like it's the Knicks. So like, what they're doing with Leon Rose and Worldwide West is outstanding. You know, like I don't know if Tibbs is the coach that gets them back to the championship area, but I can. We all also understand Pat Riley and walking through that door. Um, He's got his own problems right now with the Heat, but I think like what they're building, what they're putting together, and who they are is a nice sign. The Knicks are doing everything the Dallas Cowboys have not done to make themselves attractive for free agents.
0: Yep, I would agree with that 100% Tim and that was going to be my point is that I don't care who who you are, every basketball player in the NBA, you you love playing at the Garden, the Knicks still carry a name and you've got that core amount of players there where you can go and make something special. As a Knick, you know what I mean? Like, it's weird. Like you said, it's kind of like, if they did it, I mean, they're not doing what the Dallas Cowboys are, but it's like the Cowboys. You know what I mean? The Cowboys just carry that mystique for some. Reason. like New York carries that mystique. Uh, and it, and it's, and it's going to be a destination for people where, where and free agency comes up here the next, you know, two or three years, people are going to want to be a part of that core group of guys. So I, you know, I definitely understand
2: that. You guys know where, we're, we're kind of young when it comes to this and you know, there's that New York mystique of the Mecca of basketball. Um, The the Knicks franchise as a whole, like from start to finish, like if you really look at it, like they've, they've never really done anything super crazy to be known to be what they are. And Mm -hmm. it's funny. It's funny that like, the, the tall tales and the playground legends of New York is really what has built this mystique of New York exactly. we basketball. Mm-hmm. You know, back in the day when St. John's was really good, you know, college basketball and, and you know, having the Big East tournament up there. And, but like the Knicks, they, they've got what, two championships?
1: Yeah. And they're both, I think they were back to back in the early 70s. Yeah.
2: Yeah. I think Phil Jackson won one. Yeah. <laughs> um, Willis Reed. And Willis Reed, and then they have only been to the finals one time since then. Two. Well, I'm talking, like, in our.
1: Okay. I was like. I'm talking about. That
2: that was when Jordan was gone.
1: Yeah. Both times.
2: Both times. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's right. Both times. I I thought it was only one, but it was two. Yeah,
1: because they lost to the Spurs.
2: How, how is it that they're, just like the Cowboys, how is it that there's still this, like dominant franchise that everybody's like oh it's the knicks it's the knicks and i'm like i've always wondered like why like why are they so prestigious as a franchise when they've not really done anything
1: you bring up this point and i think it's so funny because i remember when i was a teenager and i still watched sports center when like it wasn't as bad as it is now by any means minus jay harris shout out my guy jay harris he's the man yeah jay you have an open invitation to be on our shows anytime please
0: Uh, Hashtag J Harris.
1: But, like, do you remember in the mid-2000s, there was that stretch when, like, SportsCenter, like, always talked about the Knicks and the Philadelphia Eagles. And I was like, these franchises suck. Like, <laughs> you know, like, why are we talking about the Eagles so much? Like, yeah, I get they have Terrell Owens, but, like, he he's in his, you know, driveway doing push-ups. Like, you guys want to talk right. about
2: this? Like, East Coast bias, man.
0: Yeah. Well, yeah. I, I think part of it is, too, is is um it's just market. You know what I mean? So, like, when – uh, you know, when we were kids, it was it was the Knicks, it was the Celtics, it was the Lakers. You know, football it was the Cowboys, it was the Eagles, it was the Giants. Like it's it's those markets that are seen as even Pittsburgh. Well, you know, in the '70s and eight, like in the '70s, like Pittsburgh. Right, like all I get the, that. You know what I mean? So like it, it's just I guess it's just a market thing where you know the Knicks kind of carry that that market and that mystique. And it's always just been known as the Mecca of basketball. And I think that just carries with the
2: Knicks. And let me rephrase. I'm not saying the Knicks were never good during all those times, because they weren't. Um, They had some teams that probably if the Bulls didn't have Michael Jordan, they were playing in the finals. Like, they were not good. Um, And also, Tim, thank Mm. you for correcting me. Thank you for correcting me, because I totally forgot about the finals, the shortened season finals where the Knicks made it against the Spurs. Uh, Oh, yeah. That that threw me off a little bit, but um, you're right, man. The, I don't know. It's it's always it's always puzzled me that the Knicks were were so prestigious, and yet when you look at their their resume, it's not as great as you would think it would be.
1: Well, yeah. that's like I always say. Like we talked about this a couple of weeks ago. When we had our enforcers conversation because you just said that thing like, well, if there's no Michael Jordan. They're probably playing in the finals. Thoroughly really doing that because Patrick Ewing was freaking amazing. And I'm yeah. so it blows my mind how underrated he is in the modern day, like modern day, how people like will be like greatest centers, Hakeem, Russell, Shaq, you know, Kareem. And like, I'm not saying Patrick Ewing is like a top seven, he might be a top seven center of all time. I don't know if you sit down and think about it. But, yeah, like, we'd
0: have to, yeah, we'd have to we'd have to sit down and have a real <laughs> thought. We saw it firsthand. It?
1: We're Bulls fans, Tim. He's yeah. a Patriots fan. It
2: was in the East. You mm-hmm. were playing all the time. You got to see him up close and personal all the time. WGN every time you played the Knicks, you had yep. him, and he yep. he was a monster.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's a, that's a conversation we're going have to have, uh, and and because and, I think I think he is underrated for sure. Um, but yeah, shout out to New York Knicks. Uh, we love what you're doing, uh, and and it's gonna be gonna be fun to watch you guys uh, make that run here late in the season. Hopefully they that that group. Go, core group stays together and hopefully that they stay healthy and are able to, to make it to the playing Cause I do your right, Tim. I think that roster is going to to be on the play in spot. So. agreed, uh, Gentlemen, last of the MLK day games, we have Lakers. We have warriors. The Lakers have won the last five games uh, uh, in this season. Golden state last five or two and three. The spread is Lakers minus eight and a half. Question one, who wins and over, under, eight and a half points? Producer Tim, you go first.
1: I think the Lakers win, but I don't think they cover. Okay. I just think that – well, you didn't say in that that hype, which you did a great job of, by the way. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) You didn't mention the ultimate – the ultimate – Box office, NBA one-on-one situation now we have, and Steph Curry and LeBron James.
0: Absolutely. If the
1: if the Warriors have three more wins than they have right now, we're probably talking about a one and two in MVP right now. Absolutely. Like we're definitely having that conversation. So I would agree with that. Um, we obviously know Steph's good enough to win games on his own. He's good enough to keep the Warriors in games, um, but you know it goes back to my point earlier. The Lakers just have too much. Mm-hmm. Um, Curry is going to ha- get off. I think this could be one of those thirty-six point nights for Curry. But, you know, when you have LeBron and Anthony Davis on the other side, it's pretty hard to beat that on any given night. It's,
0: it's
2: an uphill battle. Uh, Joshua Dellas farrellis Listen, you know I love the Warriors because of how they play. Mm-hmm. Um, they're so unselfish. We're, wa- we're, we're watching a superstar in the making with James Wiseman. Um, it's only going to be a matter of time. Uh, the, the people don't even realize this kid had to sit out pretty much the whole college season um, and, you know – with, with all the stuff going on with the pandemic, like, and he got sick and he had to sit out most of the preseason. Like he he's pretty much just now coming into his regular season at this point, he's caught on so fast. Everybody doesn't realize Steve Kerr's uh, offense is kind of complex. You know, he, he's definitely doing some big things there. Curry's healthy. Um, I'm going to go. If Kelly Oubre could make a freaking basket <laughs> outside of a dunk or a layup, that Golden State can win the game. So, my thought process is, is that he is not. It's not just gonna. It's not just. It's not just gonna all oh. happen, and I am going to go with the Lakers, and they are going to cover.
0: I'm okay. Gonna go. All right, so. Uh, Producer Tim, I know it is what an hour before the game time. Mm-hmm. Uh, we need to get up a try to get up a survey really quick to see sure. over under uh, who's going to say that they cover who wins. Um, Odellis Forella says they cover, Lakers win. Producer Tim says they do not cover, but the Lakers win.
1: Uh, I bet I, conservatively though. I bet very conservative. I bet he
0: bets conservatively. <laughs> Um, yeah, I, I think it'll be good. I think it's gonna be a great game. Uh, I think I do believe Steph will get his 35 and an eight or whatever. Uh, I just don't think they have enough firepower. Uh, I tend to agree with Josh. I think the Lakers will win uh, and cover. So um, I say Lakers by 12. So
1: the biggest point being that, like, if you look at this five game win streak, and everyone laughs at this, but it's so true. It's since Kentavious Caldwell Pope came back that they've jumped back to this level. Oh yeah, he's been yeah. huge for them. He's been
0: huge for them. Absolutely, he's another weapon, and he's been hitting shots. Unlike, Uber. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, all right, gentlemen. Uh, I'm going to wrap it up. Uh, I'm going to go uh, make some chips and dip and get ready to watch this uh, Lakers. Was that a Drake and... reference? No, chips and dip. Chips and dip. You
1: no, know. you know, but he likes his chips with dip when the Raptors on the title.
0: Uh, yeah, uh, yeah, that's a good point. Good.
1: Point. <laughs> can I make um Can I make our announcement here to end the show? Are you guys yes, close?
0: absolutely.
1: Okay. So first off, um, as you, if you guys follow us on social media yesterday, uh, we're gonna be doing a sequel to our Lakers draft we did. We're gonna be doing a show coming soon called With the First Pick where we're going to be doing fantasy drafts every episode of this, um, kind of doing like we're going to go through the 30 NBA teams, throw some fun stuff in there, like all-time UK drafts, all-time Louisville draft, Carolina, things like that. Basically, we're always going to have content for this show, which is nice. Mm-hmm. Um, we put the poll out to be who would technically be our second team we draft, but the first of the show since we had the Lakers won. And weirdly enough, you know, we put the Bulls up there. We put the Celtics. We had you guys say, like, would you want us to do like, like your, an all-Kentucky team draft? Our listeners picked the Golden State Warriors. So our first episode, we'll do an all-Golden State Warriors draft, which is going to be a lot of fun. Uh, I'm really excited for that. So,
0: Absolutely. That'll be a blast. That'll be awesome. I can't wait for that. That'll be a lot of fun.
1: Yeah. Um,
0: As long as I get the first pick. (coughs) (laughs) So um, I want to thank you guys for joining me on this MLK Day. Uh, It's a special day for all of us, um, not only for what it means, but also – um, what it means to, to us as a culture and as a, as a family, as a sports community. So uh, I thank you guys for joining me tonight. Uh, Producer Tim, 48 minutes drops on Wednesday, correct?
1: That's the game plan. There Nathan we go. crazy.
0: As long as nothing crazy happens, you know, like big trades or whatever, <laughs> um, which tend to happen. Uh, also, at-large bid uh, will be dropping Friday. Mm-hmm. Um, if you did not listen to last week's at-large bid, uh, go back and check it out. It was phenomenal. Once again, uh, Taylor and, and, and producer Tim do an awesome job. Uh, they had an awesome guest uh, talking bracketology. Uh, and if you guys are into any of that stuff at all, man, I'm telling you, if you're not listening to that, hey, uh, you guys are crazy. <laughs> <concerned>. <laughs> <laughs>
1: well, um, there's a lot of rumors. There's no NIT or CBA this year, Josh. So. Right.
0: Exactly. Hey. with
1: us at a House watching So
0: Right. <laughs> somebody, hey, somebody, invite uh, Dante Allen to their house so they can watch the tournament. You know I
1: mean? Did you see so, Josh's like smear sneer when he said that? He look at like it, yeah, like, he's uh,
0: yeah, you know he's <laughs> loving, he's loving it. He's as loving he, should. it. As he should, as yeah, he should, because he's had <laughs>
1: it rubs in his face for his whole life. <laughs> he 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 deserves this moment. Yeah, he totally absolutely. deserves this moment.
2: Absolutely. So, drug by Florida State right now.
1: <laughs> that Florida State team's nice though, man. At they're Florida, nice. Yeah,
0: State team. I was watching a little bit of that. Today. They're they're tough. So. Uh, thank you guys for joining us. Uh, like I said, you can join us uh, on the socials at 48 Minutes, w, or NWTRK,
1: N-W-T-R-K.
0: Um, You can join us on socials, Instagram, uh, Twitter. Uh, if you are listening and you download this pod, please, 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 please hit the review, five stars. Uh, we love them. We appreciate them. Please, please, please. Uh, we thank you guys for, for listening tonight. Um, and if you aren't listening tonight, go download it tomorrow and give us the five-star review. That's what your job is. That is what <laughs> you're supposed to do. All right. So we love you guys. Thank you for joining us. And uh, we will see you later on this week as with uh, 48 minutes network and hours. See you guys.